Welcome to episode 51, apparently, of the One Cowboy's Way podcast. Uh, this is our draft reaction podcast. Uh, you're here with me, Coulter. We've also got Matt. Hey. And Kurt. Howdy. And uh, we are doing this over Zoom again, so hopefully, um, <clears throat> hopefully you can uh, you can hear us okay. So if uh, Matt, you want to get us rolling here, I'm going to handle some dog stuff. Okay, sounds good. Well, uh, how can I classify the the draft? Uh, I will start out by saying it was probably interesting, uh, to say the least. Uh, And, you know, uh, a lot of weird twists and turns. And I think right up at the top with us, it was uh, certainly not what I expected. And I think certainly not what a lot of Cowboys fans expected. Uh, general impressions from either of you guys? Damn Broncos. Oh my god, I'm yeah. still pissed about that. Yeah, them Panthers are not my favorite people these days. I know. Yeah. I just, uh, I, I can't imagine being either of those teams... And having a very, I mean, I, I guess I kind of understand it from the Panthers' perspective of you just traded, you know, for Darnold and you, you gave up definitely more than you should have. But, you know, the Broncos haven't had a quarterback since Manning retired. And I, I think Drew Locke's not the answer, and I think they know that. But, uh, you know, unless they know that they're getting Rodgers to have fields fall into their lap and then to pass on him. I don't get that. I don't get that at all. No, well, I just signed Bridgewater, who I didn't. I, he's, he's not the answer either. But I think they think either he's the answer or he's the bridge to the answer. And I, I don't know which of the two it is, but. The bridge water uh, to the answer, if you will. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, well, obviously, uh, J.C. Horn goes number eight to the Panthers, and then to a lot of people's surprise, including ours, with a lot of four-letter words screamed at the top of our lungs. Uh, the well, one di- of us screaming four-letter words at the top of well, our lungs. Well, yeah, that's fine with me. I'll, I'll own that. Um, <laughs> the Denver Broncos pick Patrick Sertan uh, with the ninth overall pick, uh, leaving Dallas uh how can we say it kind of caught with their pants down a little bit? Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, what were your reactions when we went on the clock at 10 after all of that had transpired? I'm not sure sure we were caught with our pants down. Maybe we were, but you had to think that they made plans for what if, you know, um, uh, I, I I don't know. It just everybody and their brother thought that we were going to take one of those two corners. And uh, I mean, if they aren't there, they aren't there. You can't take them if they aren't there. It's very true. I I think I agree with you, Kurt. I, I I don't know that I would say we were necessarily caught with our pants down. I would say that uh, if the draft had happened three weeks sooner, 
I don't think you have the same result. I think we end up with one of the two corners. I just think that Horn stock rose so much over the last month or two that uh, he he got to the point where he goes at number eight, you know, and so that obviously ended poorly for us. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, um, ultimately we ended up with a guy we, I guess, wanted. So, yeah. Well, we can discuss that. So uh, Dallas at the 10th pick then decides to trade down with their division rival. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles picks up a third-round pick, number 84, moves from 10 to 12 and selects Micah Parsons, linebacker from Penn State. So, I, I think we need to rewind and talk about what happened at pick 11, too. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Well, uh, I guess we can even start at 10. Philly trades up, gets Devontae Smith, wide receiver from Alabama. Then the Giants end up uh, trading down with the Bears, who come up for Justin Fields, who subsequently get a one in next year's draft, and a. Can someone help me out with the rest of the compensation? Yeah, they swapped ones. Right. In 2020, they got a one next year. They got a fourth this year and a fifth next year. Okay. Or flip-flop the fourth and fifth. Sure. But, you know, Philly was going to get Smith anyway, so for us to move down two spots and pick up a third, you know, I don't really have a problem with that. My problem is I'd rather move down ten spots, pick up the first next year, and, you know, maybe get a Caleb Farley or – somebody along those lines. You'd basically rather do what the Giants did rather than what we did. Yes. Yeah. Um, And I also think that, you know, going into next year's draft, you're going to be picking up somebody who you're going to have more information on. You're going to have more tape on. You're going to have a lot less question marks on. Uh, I'm plenty happy to move down 10 spots and, and kind of punt it on this draft and, uh, you know, pick up assets for the future when uh, you have more information at your disposal. And it sounds like we had the opportunity to do that, but we weren't willing to let Micah Parsons go for whatever reason. And who's to say he wouldn't have been there, you know? But Well, from what I've heard, it, we did not actually get offered the same package of picks that the Bears offered to the Giants. So... I don't, from my understanding and from what I've read, a, a one wasn't on the table. A next year's one was not on the table for us. So, from, from the Bears. The Bears didn't offer us a one next year. Why would they offer the Giants a one and not us? I'm not saying it's it, the report is accurate. I'm just telling you what I've, what I've read and what's been reported. Whether or not that's accurate or not, I, I can't say for sure, but... Um, I think Coulter, like you said, the- maybe, maybe it's because we turned it down that they uh, figured they had to come up. I don't know if the report is accurate. I don't know if it is or not. But. Yeah. Well, Coulter, I think the the, the uh, main crux of your point still stands that I don't think Dallas was willing to move down that far and give up a quote unquote elite talent, like as they classified it. So, um, on the clock at 12, Dallas took Micah Parsons. Uh, what are your thoughts on it, I guess? 
I have called her. Uh, <clears throat> those are my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, uh, you know, I, I, I haven't, I haven't come around to it a lot. I, I know Matt, you've probably talked yourself into it. Uh, <laughs> but I don't like I how I'm getting singled out here. <laughs> What's that? I said, I like how I'm the one getting singled out here. <laughs> No, no. I, I mean, I just, uh, I feel like you probably have. I, you tend okay. to do that. Uh, <laughs> I just, uh, I don't like spending a top 15 pick on a linebacker uh, when you've already spent a top 20 pick on a linebacker. You have a top 35 pick on the roster already um, that you have a massive contract invested in who are both already no good. Um, I've made my feelings on linebackers plain that you can find largely replaceable value in linebackers later on. Uh, I think we found a plenty decent linebacker, uh, you know, 103 picks later. Uh, I don't know. I, I think he's, I think he's fine. Uh, but you know, there's also the character concerns. Uh, I, you know, the thing that's made me feel best about it, strangely enough, since the pick and I shared this with you already, Matt, mm-hmm. is the fact that he graduated in three years. Uh, I don't know why that made me feel so much better about the pick, but um, I think the talent's undeniable. But you know, the on the field concerns are exactly the same as Jalen Smith, uh, and that's what worries me. So, you know, almost everybody that you read his scouting reports, they say he's indecisive. He doesn't trust his eyes, and that sounds an awful lot like 54. And I don't want another 54. So. Okay. <clears throat> um, Dad, your thoughts? I guess I hadn't heard the, the comments Colford just made that he's indecisive and doesn't trust his own eyes. If that's the case, yeah, he'd be a lot like number 54, but I'm not sure he'd be. Um, you know, any different than number 55 either. It's, I, I, I think neither one of them, well, it could be just that neither one of those guys knew where they were supposed to be in that offense last year. I don't know, but obviously neither one of them was worth a shit last year. So, um, I mean, just, they were horrible. I mean, yeah, they made tackles, but it was usually 10, 15 yards down down the field. Um, occasionally, they get lucky and make one of the five-yard past the line of scrimmage. But, you know, it just, they were horrid last year. Now, is that all the linebackers' fault? Probably not. And the offensive line from the other team seems to be good enough that they're blowing through our defensive line and then can get on the linebackers. Uh, so the linebackers can't roam. I, I know a lot of times when the linebackers were able to roam, they went right past the hole where the running back ran anyway. So it just, I, you know, it just, it almost seemed like neither one of them had any, any kind of sense for where the ball was going. I think the linebacker on the team that had the best sense for where the ball was going was Joe Tom. And, <laughs> and he's and, gone. Uh, then he's gone. Yeah. 
Um, uh, he just seemed to be around the ball all the time. I and I, the other two guys, Vanderish and and Smith. I, I, you know, like I said a hundred times, Smith looks like he's running in mud. He just there's something that's changed that you know from his uh, first season that I, I can't explain. Maybe it's his leg is damaged more than people know. I don't know. But um, I don't know. I'm not as opposed to as Coulter is to taking Parsons in the first round to, just because those two people are both so bad. Okay. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll give you the rosy disposition or the rosier disposition and uh I will already come out and say that Micah Parsons was not my favorite pick in this draft. Uh, I had even said, I, you know, you can even go to the last, uh, you know, draft episode and uh, that we did, and I could say I, I'm fairly certain I said, you know, I someone else can deal with that, and I, you know, there's still a certain part of me that still believes that uh, the off the field concerns are undeniable, and he. Uh, does seem a little immature to me. Um, <clears throat> so there is that. Uh, what I will say is I feel like Micah Parsons at that point in time, considering what had happened previously and the picks selected after Micah Parsons, with maybe the exception of one player in my mind, might be the best of the worst case scenario options for me. Um, be, you know, I, I feel like the worst part about what happened is Dallas just got unlucky. Because, uh, you know, how does, how does this draft look? It looks so much different if you get one of J.C. Horn or uh, Patrick Sertan. Now, um, like you said, Coulter, I think the talent and the, the athleticism is absolutely undeniable for Micah Parsons. He's uh, an absolute freak of nature. Uh, in, I think in the same – I don't know if there's another linebacker in this league that might be more athletic than Micah Parsons. And I think he's also better today than what Jalen Smith and, and uh, Leighton Vanderish are right now. So, there Can you interrupt for a second? Sure. Yeah, the only, you know, I've, I've heard that, oh, he's the best athlete, he's measurables, or remember Byron Jones, remember who is that other safety that we always refer to with a weird name? Akwasi Wasuansa? Yeah, he had measurables that were off, off the chart, and, and look how those guys worked out. Now, I, I've still, I think, Coulter, you were maybe more sold on Byron Jones than me. But I, I just don't think Byron Jones lived up to his billing either. But he was a freak, too, with the physicals. And I, you know, linebacker, it just seemed, well, it's the same with a corner. You just, you got to have a nose for the ball. And our linebackers don't seem to have it. And I, I don't know if Parsons does or not. But find out in a hurry. Well, he only has played been playing linebacker for what two years, three years? 
Penn, Penn State. Penn State. Yeah. So that I think could be contributing to the fact that he doesn't trust his eyes as much. I think that's more fixable than what Jalen Smith is. I just don't think Jalen Smith has any instincts. I just think Micah Parsons is new to the position. Um, so, you know, uh, given, given where, where Dallas found itself in, I don't necessarily hate the Micah Parsons pick. I don't love the Micah Parsons pick. Uh, but I understand why they did it, I guess. Um, so I guess in my next question is, is considering who was there, who got picked after Parsons, Coulter, do you have a person that you would have rather had or uh, what would you have preferred happen? Um, I'm not really sure that I have anybody I would have preferred having necessarily. Um, I just don't love the value of a linebacker at 12. Um, you know, uh, you know, I think, I think you move, you move back and you just see how the board falls. I mean, and I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, you got something to move back with though. Sure. Well, yeah, I mean, if the bear, if the bears off, the, the yeah. Saints made no bones about the fact that they were trying to move up. I mean, they straight up said that we tried and we couldn't, we couldn't get there. Um, you know, and you know, there's been plenty of plenty of phone calls released in in the aftermath of the draft of of GMs in it around our pick, straight up hanging up on people, uh, like not taking phone calls or, you know, taking phone calls and hanging up on people. So it's not like there wasn't offers coming in. I'm not going to accept the fact that there was, they were calling teams around us and not calling us. Like, it, that's, there's just no way that was happening. Now, I would have been okay with, you know, I, I said I would rather wait until the third round, but I guess in a vacuum, I'm okay with taking a chance on Farley at 20. You know, if, if the Bears call and say, hey, we'll give you, our one next year. Cause that's going to be a high one next year. The bears are going to be dog shit. Um, and then, you know, you take a Caleb Farley or maybe Matt, are you digestible with quitty pay at 20? I just, I just don't love quitty pay in general. Um, even at 20, I think like you said, Coulter, I'd have probably rather chanced it with Caleb Farley. Um, or let, what about like a Greg Newsome? <clears throat> I'd rather have Micah Parsons. I think personally, I like. I I'm think saying, I'm saying at twenty. At twenty, uh, mm, I don't know. I just think that Micah Parsons is a better prospect than Caleb Farley, and I think he's a better prospect than Greg Newsome. Uh, so taking him at twelve, you know, I don't hate the idea. I guess. Uh, I think really for me, the only guy I would have preferred to Parsons would have probably been Rashawn Slater. That might have been my only other uh, person. So yeah, I, I, I'm, I think <clears throat> taking Slater at 12, I'm, I'm happier today than I am with Parsons. Mm-hmm. So Coulter, I guess maybe from what I'm inferring anyways, you have more of an issue just with the position in general and not necessarily the player. Is that, am I wrong in saying that? If we take Parsons at 20, I'm a little bit happier with it. But again, it's the same thing as three years ago. I don't like the value of the player at the position. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> just like I did with Van Der Esch. Sure. So, 
I guess since we've got a whole draft to break down, um, let's give it a grade. What do you guys think as far as a grade, Micah Parsons? Go ahead, Kurt. Okay, I'll go. I, you know, I'm I'm okay with Vic. I mean, I know you know you hate to go right after another linebacker when we just drafted Vanderesh not that long ago, and Smith not that long ago. But you know, if they are working, then get them, get them the out of there and put somebody in there that that can play the position so that to me I'm okay with it I, I'll give it a B okay C plus from me okay. who is that waving behind me is that my girlfriend <laughs> oh it's my wife I, um, <laughs> I think I'll probably give it a B as well uh what was it? I, was, I got distracted. I was going to say something, make one more point about Parsons, honestly, but I lost it. Uh, yeah, I'll give it a B. Um, I, I just am really frustrated with the fact that this draft could have looked so entirely different had eight and nine gone differently. Uh, and I think that's the thing that I keep going back to the most. I think we were all that way because we all thought with all of those quarterbacks being drafted right away that one of those two guys had to be there by the time if they got to us. Those two goddamn assholes right at the very end, Mm. the Panthers and the Broncos. I hope the Broncos go 0-16 next year. You never know. Maybe the Broncos would feel like they hope they go 0-16 next year <laughs> so they can just get their quarter. I mean, they get a quarterback because they don't have one now. Yeah. I think Parsons has the capability of being the defensive rookie of the year. I'll say that. Maybe, yeah. Um, Didn't Van Der Esch, wasn't he in the running for rookie of the year, too? Yeah. I mean, he was also a second-team All-Pro. But, again, his spinal stenosis, which was his main concern when we drafted him, it has been an issue, but it also it also hasn't been his spinal stenosis every time he's been hurt. Though I mean, he's had a um, you know a bunch of maladies that have yeah. kept him out of games. Yeah. So that's not so, the case with Micah Parsons. He's generally a pretty healthy individual. Yeah, I, I, you know, but my my issue with Van Der Esch when we drafted him wasn't his health. You know, and my issue with Parsons isn't his health. Again, it, it's the position that he plays and the point at which we took him. Okay. All right. Well, honestly, I'm I'm pl- I'm actually pleasantly surprised by your grade, Coulter. I would have expected you to give him a lower grade than that. So, hey, Matt. no, I, yeah. I think he's I think he's a good player. I, I just like I like I said, draft night. Unless he's Luke Keekley, it's not the right pick. Okay. He's he's the black Luke Keekley. <laughs> How's that? Sure. Okay. All right. Well, moving on. moving on. Pick 44, second round, Dallas took Kelvin Joseph, cornerback from Kentucky. Who wants to start here? Go ahead, Walter. Uh Well, I, I just learned today that apparently we tried to move up to 33. For uh, Tyson Campbell. Yeah. Which, what? Like... Not who I would have expected us to move up and get at all. Um, Joseph, uh, 
What I like about him is he played big time against big time competition. Uh, you know, if you uh, you look at how he played against like the LSU's, the Alabama's, those were his best games. Uh, but you want to talk about character concerns? This is another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a dude who was basically dismissed by two coaching staffs. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> What more do you say? I mean, this it had to be a corner in this round. It had to be after you missed out. So, Jerry will make everything okay. <laughs> I think that's part of the problem. People answer to Jerry and not to anyone else. Mm-hmm. Well, but. I mean, like you said, Coulter, I think a lot of people would have argued that Kelvin Joseph is what a top 20, 25 talent in this draft. Um, but the fact that two different coaching staffs said, Meh, we'd rather not have you here is kind of a, uh, scary a little bit. Um, I feel like we should also be referring to him by his proper name, boss man fat. So <laughs> we can just get that one on record. Um, he's a SoundCloud rapper. Uh, he's, you know. Immature, I think, again, is another thing to discuss. Uh, probably why we're looking to trade up for Tyson Campbell is he's a little bit cleaner prospect. He's a little bit, you know, just safer, I guess. Uh, but again, I think this this goes back to my initial point of Dallas being unlucky. What does the second round look like for Dallas if they get Sertan or Horn at 10? Then you're not uh, necessarily chasing corners in the second round. You don't have to necessarily look at trading up for Tyson Campbell. You don't have to feel like you have to take Kelvin Joseph at 44. Uh, I, I think it makes the third round look better, too. Absolutely. It, the The first round and us not getting that corner sent to a ripple effect down the entire draft board. Uh, and we'll get to that more. But, um, I, you know, based off of who all went in front of Dallas – and this happens every year. But most of the top, you know, players left end up going in front of, you know, up in the top 10 picks. And then we kept seeing trade after trade happen in front of Dallas. You know, New England goes up and gets Christian Barmore. Miami goes up and gets Javon Holland. Richie Grant goes to the Falcons. Then the big one, uh, Vegas trades up one pick in front of us and takes Trayvon Morig, who if you believe, you know, if you believe what you hear from Stephen Jones, Kelvin Joseph was the pick anyway. And honestly, I don't necessarily disagree with that or not believe that because we almost needed to take a corner here. Um, so we, we didn't take a We didn't take a safety the whole draft. No, no. Nope. So uh, I again, mean, you know, in their minds, they took a safety. At least Quinn said that one kid that was six four was, going to be playing safety instead of corners. Right. In their minds, they maybe took a safety. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't, mm, I think the pick has the potential. It's such a boomer bust pick. The first two picks are boomer bust picks. They have yeah, potential yeah. to be pro bowlers, and they also have potential to, potential to be, flame out and not even make it to their second contract. Um, so... It's scary. I mean, you're taking a chance on some on a guy that's very toolsy. And Coulter, like you said, he played some of his best games against the best players. He was the only guy last year 
that shut down Devontae Smith. Dude, like I, I, I with Michael Par- with Michael Parsons, I don't worry about him being that kind of liability in terms of uh, in terms of like he gets suspended from the league, like a Randy Gregory, mm-hmm. uh, Alden Smith type of dude. I will. <clears throat> I worry about him being more of a to type, uh, like a locker room poison kind of guy. Uh, Kelvin Joseph, I worry about being a Randy Gregory type of guy. Yeah, sure. I mean, there's just immaturity on on both players. I think, um, but the talent is undeniable. So yeah, and that having been said, I, I've you know repeated for a long time. If you can play football, I don't care. Sure. That's that's the main issue is is especially like you said, Coulter, with Joseph is is his immaturity and his off field potential going to get in the way of him playing football? And it might. Uh, but if he if it doesn't, he could easily be our number one corner. He I mean Traylon Diggs doesn't have the athleticism that Joseph has. So I uh, you know I'll be interested to see how Diggs does healthy. Sure. <clears throat> so, uh, should we give it a grade? What do you What are you guys thinking here? Pick forty four. I'll give it a C. Give it a C. All right. Yeah. Uh, I'll give it a. I'll give it a B. Okay. It's kind of where I'm thinking too. Is I, I I'll give it a B, maybe a B minus. Um, you know, uh, it's it's just a it's it's risky, but it has the potential to pay off in a big way. Um, so, uh, okay, moving down to the third round, uh, whew, man. So, uh, with the seventy fifth pick, the Cowboys selected Osa Odigizua, defensive tackle from UCLA. What are your thoughts here, gentlemen? You know, I was listening to something. All right, continue, Dad. Yeah, I was listening to something on EFTM today that uh, it was panel four. Uh, I can't remember the only one I really knew on the. I think one was Matt Miller, one was Marcus Spears, and I don't know who the other two were. But they were all, they kind of all panned the uh, third round pick for the Cowboys, said he would have been available in the fourth round, maybe even later. Um, So I don't know if they were, they didn't really say, no, they didn't like the player, but they didn't like where the Cowboys took the player. So they weren't real happy with the pick. I don't know much about this guy. The film that I've seen on him isn't too bad. Um, I, you know, we'll, we'll see. <clears throat> it's another defensive tackle, kind of like, Oh, I don't know if Tristan Hill is an, it is an adequate comparison or not. Uh, uh, Ty, Tyrone. Uh, Reed, 
be an adequate comparison or maybe Colter maybe your thoughts yeah I mean I I think the third round was uh, I I don't know why the hell we chose to do this the third round we really could have done some great things and we chose to do some mega reaching I think on all three picks yeah um Odegazua is I think I think he's a good player like I, I'm not upset with the pick I just think we probably could have had him you know probably at 115 maybe even at 138 uh he's he's kind of small uh we, we just seem to have this obsession with defensive tackles that are not quite big enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. He, he seems like <clears throat> he doesn't really fit exactly what we needed, which is a big fat guy who can stop the run. And he seems to be a little bit more of a pass rusher. And if this was what we wanted, why didn't we just sign Mo Hurst when he was the free agent? Like who has proven to be effective. You know, uh, Colts is never going to let that one die. Like, but no, like my, my love for Mohurst aside, like literally, why, why don't you sign a proven guy? Mm. And then you don't have to make this pick seriously. And it's not like her sign for a bunch of money or anything, yeah. you know? <laughs> so, Oh, uh, uh, by, by the way, did you guys see that, uh, Villanueva, the offensive tackle from Pittsburgh, signed with Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah, I didn't know if you guys saw that or not. Yeah. Sorry, Walter, but, didn't interrupt you right No, no, there. no, you're good. Um, good. Yeah, I think uh, one thing that I do like, if I'm remembering correctly from watching the coverage, they said, I mean, he, he plays with a motor, he doesn't quit. Um, yeah. You know, I think I think overall it's probably a fine pick, just, you know, maybe, maybe a round early. Yeah. Uh, that's similar to what I've heard. Um, might be a little little early for him. Uh, I remember watching Osa at the Senior Bowl, and he was pretty impressive, um, especially during the game. I, I know that he play, had a pretty good game at the Senior Bowl. And, uh, yeah, I think, like you said, Coulter, I think maybe my issue more with him is his size at 280 pounds. Um, I know that in college they said, you know, for a 280 pound dude, he actually does anchor quite well and guys don't really move him, but the NFL is just kind of a different animal as far as, you know, anchoring. Um, so I think most is, yeah, he's like a three time state champion wrestler. So that's interesting. Um, again, uh, I think I kind of agree with your assessment, Coulter. I think he's a pretty decent player. Um, I like the fact that he, uh, he's got a great motor, uh, he's got a great name. So there's that. Uh, but I, I think he could end up being, um, you know, maybe this is the guy that pushes Antoine Woods off the roster and that's fine. Uh, you know, uh, it's, it's a decent pick. It's maybe a little early, but, uh, what do you guys think here as far as a grade goes? Does anybody have anything else to say about Osa? No, I give him. A, I think I'll give him a C plus. Okay. I think uh, I think that's kind of where I'm leaning to. Don't hate the player, 
overall don't hate the pick. Just think it was a little bit too early. There was, there was more value there to be had. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think there was bigger needs to be addressed. So sure. I'll give it a C as well. Or I'll, I'll just go straight C. Okay. Yeah, I think I'll say C as well, just for the potential kind of uh, might not quite fit what we want to do here. Again, I'm going to, you know, mention this again, like how does the draft look differently again? Look at, I mean, here's a few guys that went, um, you know, prior to Dallas's pick at 75 that I think would have potentially been good options. Jalen Mayfield, the tackle from Michigan, Coulter, I know you liked him quite a bit. Uh, Joseph Osai, defensive end from Texas, goes 69. Aleem McNeil, a defensive tackle from NC State, who is your big one technique, like 330 pounds, he went 72. Then Milton Williams, defensive tackle, La Tech, went to the Eagles at 73. I mean, and I know for a fact that Dallas really liked Milton Williams. So there's four guys right there, again, that go, like, right before your pick. Um, well, or, or how about Tommy Tremble, who goes right in between our two first two picks in the third round? Yeah, Tremble went 83. Like, so. You know, I, I obviously have no love for Notre Dame tight ends, but Tommy Tremble, I mean, he's – He's a monster. Yeah. Like. Uh, so yeah, I'll give this one a C. It's a it's an okay, it's a decent pick. It's okay. I don't love it. I don't hate it. I guess. Um, so let's move on. Uh, the third round pick number eighty four. This is the pick we got from the Eagles. Uh, the Cowboys took Chauncey Golston, defensive end from Iowa. Anybody want to start on this one? Go ahead, um, I, I think to move down and to add a pick, awesome. Love that. Move down two spots uh, for your division rival to get a guy that they would have gotten anyway. You take that draft capital from them. Love that. Uh, well done by the Joneses. Um, rather than sticking at 10 and taking Parsons, uh, move down two spots. Like I said, do all that. But then you use this pick on Chauncey Golston, who probably fine NFL player or, you know, fine player. But I think from all accounts, this dude wasn't going until maybe the fifth, sixth round. This one, I, I think, was a big, big, big reach. Uh, <clears throat> now, all that having been said, uh, it sounds like he's a fantastic guy. Uh, you know, team captain uh, from Iowa. Uh, you know, he was uh, a big leader for them and uh, did a lot of good things on that team. And and I do think that he has, uh, you know, some good size. And, and I think that he has, uh, you know, some good traits to him. But I just... Not the right time. Uh, not the right time at all. I think he's probably there with 179, maybe even 192. And I think that's where you can pick him up. Uh, just don't see what the urgency was at 84 to pick up Chauncey Colston. Um, yeah, I would agree. It fits to me. I, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I agree with Colter. I don't think we needed take it in there he's probably okay um person personnel wise sounds like uh good person so 
I guess we'll find out, but I don't think we need to take them there. Go ahead, Matt. I'm sorry. Um, you know, guys, I think I'll actually disagree with you here. I think this was my favorite pick in the draft. Um, I, you know, I, I kind of sat down and watched some film on Chauncey Golston. I'm a big fan. Um, yeah, again, I, it's probably a little early, but I don't, I don't necessarily agree that Golston would have been there in the fifth round. I think he probably gets snatched up in the fourth. Um, so getting him here at 84, yeah, maybe it's a little early, but, uh, after watching some tape on this dude, I like him a lot. He's got some burst. Uh, he's got a nice pass. He's got some nice pass rush moves. Um, I think he's going to push Dorrance Armstrong out of his role, which is fine with me. Armstrong has been kind of a disappointment since he's been here. He's never really taken advantage of the snaps that he's gotten. And I think having Dorrance Armstrong on the field is a pretty net neutral. Like he's not going to provide much of anything for you. Whereas I think if you put Chauncey Goulston on the field, you might actually get some juice out of him. Uh, so this was actually my favorite pick after kind of getting some some tape on this guy. Um, again, maybe a little early, uh, but I think I think he's going to be a good player. I like him. I'm a fan. So, uh, so I'll give him uh, I'll give him a B plus. Probably. Uh, a little, little early, but I think he's going to be a solid contributor for this team. Maybe not immediately, but I wouldn't be a bit surprised to see him be the third defensive end uh, soon. So, so Matt, if he's Tyrone Crawford for the next 10 years, how do you feel about it? Because we didn't like Tyrone Crawford. I think Tyrone Crawford at the correct salary would have been just fine. The issue is Tyrone Crawford at $9 million a year was ridiculous. Tyrone Crawford was a pretty good player for what he was. So if he ends up being Tyrone Crawford and you get him on a rookie deal, great. That's fine. Okay. What do you guys see minus? All right. I think I'm giving a C. All right. Sounds good. Then... Our comp pick, number 99, Dallas took Nashon Wright, cornerback, Oregon State, of last chance U fame. Uh, anybody? Vicarious last chance U fame. <laughs> yeah. So, who's got anything to say about Nashon Wright? Right, Colter. I mean, what do you say? Uh, this was, I think, the reach of the entire draft. Uh, and that's saying something. I mean, for the entire draft, this was the reach. I'm not talking about for the Cowboys. I'm talking about for the NFL. This was the biggest reach. Not for the first round, not for the third round. Overall. Uh, now, I don't dislike Ration, or Nation Wright, the player. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't think any of us had heard of Nation Wright. Had, had either of you heard of Nation Wright before we drafted him? Not a thing. Mm-hmm. Not a thing. 
other than like the 30 seconds he was on last chance you yeah i i mean and so like i you know i talked about the idea of being good with doubling up on corner but i, I didn't mean like this you know no. and i i think the dude has some intriguing traits He's 6'4", he runs close to a 4'3", you know, he's a little skinny, uh, he does have some ball skills, it seems like, uh, you know, I, I think that he's, that he is interesting. I just, from everything that I can glean on the guy, it seems like we could have signed him as an undrafted free agent or gotten him in the 7th. So the idea of taking him at 99 is pretty mind-blowing to me, especially when you look at who went in the immediate aftermath. Uh, That's what really gets me, Mm -hmm. is we take Nation Wright at 99, and then you have Eli Molden go at 100. You have uh, Ify Melifon Wu go at 101, and you have Amber Thomas go at 102. Any of those three guys are probably better picks than Nation Wright and would have been much, much better value at that point. Like if we take Nation Wright at 192, 238, two, or 227, 238, cool. I'm good with that. But at 99, I mean, I don't want to dislike the kid, you know, but. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I don't know uh, I don't know what the thought process behind the pick was. There you go, Dad. Any thoughts on uh, uh, Nation? Not really. I don't know much about him. Saw very little film on him. Just what they showed the day of the draft. Um, he's fast. I know he's fast. Uh, but yeah, I'm fine with Coulter. I think we could have gotten him in the next round at least. Mm-hmm. It seems, and this is what I read about the Cowboys before, is they seem to do okay with day one and day two, and, and they really lay an egg on day three every draft. And it seems like we got three third-round picks, so we go, oh, we got third three third-round picks. Well, let's go ahead and and get crazy and kind of take some take some risks or take some chances or do some reaching or whatever you want to call it. Uh, and and it's just you know I I don't know. Third round is still pretty good talent on the board. And I I hardly recognized anyone that we took in the third round. I mean. Um, Especially this this cat. Um, I hope he plays well. I hope he makes the team. You know, but I'm not sure we would have had to really get him there. Well, and Matt, I, I don't want to jump in on you here, but that's the other thing we need to talk about too. Who the hell is he going to beat out? He's got he's got four guys ahead of him on the depth chart, as far as I can tell. He's got Brown. He's got Lewis. He's got Diggs. He's got Joseph probably Reggie Robinson as well. 
are we going to carry six corners? Are we going to put our third rounder on the practice squad? Are we going to risk losing him to waivers each week? Like, it's fair. It's fair. Absolutely fair. So <clears throat> I got a lot of thoughts on this one. Um, I hate this pick. I absolutely hate this pick. Um, so, uh, first of all, I hate it for the two guys that got picked after him. Um, Elijah Molden and Ifiatu Melifanu are both far superior players to Nashon Wright. Uh, and, okay, you, I can even get on board with Dallas saying, okay, well, uh, Molden doesn't fit our size requirements. Fine. Melifanu is, is 6'3". He is 6'3", and he ran a 4'4", and he, like, his RAS score for athleticism was like a, like a 9.7 out of 10. There is no reason that if you absolutely wanted to take a corner here, that Melifanu should have not been the pick. Um, we already touched on the fact that he was a massive reach, and Coulter, I completely agree with you that he probably was the reach of the draft. Um, one of the scouts that I follow quite closely, Dane Brugler of The Athletic, listed Nation Wright as his 38th ranked corner as a 7th round slash priority free agent. That's ridiculous. I mean, like you said, Dad, the third round, there's still quality players to be had here. And Wright is, you know, and even if we took him in the 6th, I'm not going to kill you for taking a guy in the 6th because these the, the farther you get down in the draft, it's just a total shot in the dark. So if you are like, well, we absolutely don't want to risk someone else taking him in the seventh, take him in the sixth. Fine. I don't care. But the fact that uh, these two corners go off the board right after Nation Wright is silly. Number two, two different guys that I've listened to today uh, have said that the scouting staff and Will McClay had narrowed it down or had suggested that they either take Jabril Cox or Barrett Browning here. And Jerry Jones decided to kick the pick over to Dan Quinn. And I hate that shit. That's some Rod Marinelli crap that I am just not interested in anymore. I thought we left that crap at the door with Rod Marinelli because we got Rod Marinelli. uh, We got Tristan Hill because of him. And we were heavily influenced on taking Taco because of Rod Marinelli. Now, if Dan Quinn's going to be doing the same shit, like if he gets one, you know, gimme pick a year, I'm not here for it. I don't, I'm like, why do you have a scouting staff? That's stupid. And honestly, I'm not totally convinced that Dan Quinn is even out there watching tape. He's probably just running down the sizes of the height and arm length of all the corners and went, oh, six, four with 34 inch arms. That's the guy to get. And I mean, well, do you know anything about him? I honestly don't know if Dan Quinn knows a damn thing about this guy, other than the fact that he's tall and he has long arms, which is fine. But, you know, who, who cares? I, I don't know. I, I mean, I wouldn't go that far. But here's the other thing, too. We, we, we need to consider the fact that Seattle won the Super Bowl with the Legion of Boom and all those big guys, what, almost 10 years ago now? Mm. Maybe Dan Quinn's defense isn't relevant anymore. Maybe having tall corners isn't relevant anymore. Because I've got news for you. Receivers aren't getting bigger like they were in 2009 when everybody was looking for a six foot four dude who could run, you know, who was running four five, four six, 
and that was cool. You know, who could go up and get it? Guys are getting smaller and faster now. So do you really want dudes who are 6'4"? And like I said the other day, how many six foot four corners can you name in NFL history that have been really good? Richard Sherman? Yep. Is Josh Norman following that? that? I mean he's I tall. He's six he one, might six two. He might not be that tall, but still, he's he's a taller. Most most corners in NFL history that have been worth a damn fall in the five ten to six foot range. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily disagree with you, Coulter. Like maybe maybe Dan Quinn works out for us. I, with with our offense as good as it is, the defense doesn't have to be any better than average, and we probably win eight games minimum this year. Eight, probably, maybe. Is that fair to say? Um, I I but I agree with you. Like the everyone's looking for Tyree Kill now at wide receiver. They're not looking for Des Bryant. Um. So, tall, tall corners with long arms. I, I don't know I, if they can run fast too. Then great, but I'm looking for athleticism, not height and length. Um, so just I, I have a I have a real issue with this pick all the way around, from the player itself to the players that went after him to the thought process behind taking him. Uh, I just think it was bad all around. I get this pick an F. It's uh, it's terrible. Kurt, great at them. I gave it an F. Wow, an F. I was going to say D. Coulter. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm going to give it a D too. Um, I just uh, I I think that there's enough traits there that I with 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 the guy that I can't give him that. So, yeah. That's maybe uh-huh. fair. Yeah. Because, yeah, like you said, I mean, he does have some redeemable traits, I guess. I don't know. But, yeah. We're going to pick up the pace. I think Kurt's fading on us. <laughs> I'm always closing He needs to take a nap now. all the time. All right. <laughs> well, well, let's move on. Uh, round, round four, pick 115. The Cowboys selected Jabril Cox, linebacker, LSU. Yeah. Woo! So there. <laughs> I'm, I'm all in on Jabril. I, you know, I hope he translates into a good ball player. I don't know that he will. But, you know, I, I don't... In relative terms, I would have rather had... Jabril than almost anybody we took in the third uh, third round. Um, you know, I, just got, I don't know, but it's just kind of the way I felt. I thought he had decent skills. Um, he's not a he's not a, a thumper per se, and he doesn't uh, fill the hole and take on blocks so much as he does run east to west sideline to sideline and and he covers pretty well but I still like him I guess I'm a little biased because he went to North Dakota State so there <laughs> no but I, I I do think you know you go from your biggest reach to I think your your best pick um he, he was definitely the best value they got. Uh, he yeah. was their biggest steal, in my opinion. 
mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, where he, I, I think he probably could have gone. Uh, I think he could have gone in the, in the second round easy and to be able to get him in, in the middle of the, or the, you know, the early middle part of the fourth round. Uh, awesome. That's fantastic. Uh, he's a fantastic coverage linebacker. Uh, he is from all accounts, a fantastic person too. Uh, so so it, it's funny. It seems like we chose two, you know, two extremes here. We have either your ultimate RKGs, right, or your ultimate wrong guys. <laughs> like there was no in between in this draft, and uh, you know, it seems like you know for Jabril Cox to leave NDSU and then ultimately come down to LSU and be selected a team captain. That's crazy. Uh, so Cox, when, when I saw his name come across the screen as our first pick on day three, I was like, all right, a little bit of redemption after a rough day two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of people say he was the best player on the LSU defense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, I agree guys. This is my favorite pick too. Uh, it's hard not to look at this one and select it as your favorite pick. Um, you know, I honestly, you know, dad and I, you and when we were watching this on day three, uh, we were like, Tabriel Cox, he's going to go within the first, what, five picks of this, of the fourth round. And guys kept coming yeah. off and coming off and coming off. And I was like, man, we're going to have another situation where Tabriel Cox is going to go one pick before us, just like the other three rounds. Sure enough, he was there and uh, Dallas made the smart decision to take him and Again, if you believe what you read, the scouting staff had said, you know, we should either take Baron Browning or Jabriel Cox at 99, uh, and we got him at 115. So even better. Uh, I think what is also needs to be said about Jabriel Cox is his compliment to Micah Parsons as well, uh, because Jabriel is a great coverage linebacker where uh, Micah Parsons' forte is not necessarily coverage. He's a downhill attacking blitzing linebacker. So, uh, long-term future, I think you could easily see Cox and Parsons as your, you know, two linebackers of the future. So I think not only do I like the player, who he is, obviously the North Dakota State connection is fun. Um, the fact that he was a team captain in LSU is insane. Uh, but his compliment to taking Parsons in the first, I think not only makes the Parsons pick better, it makes the Cox pick better. So... Uh, I'm a big fan. I give the pick an A. I, uh, I, I think I would, uh, I think I'm also going to give it an A. Yeah. Um, it's not my favorite pick of the draft. Uh, it's the best value of the draft. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, this is, I think where I'm happy taking linebackers and I think Cox is ultimately, our best value pick, and I'm going to give it an A, A plus. Right on. Wow. All right. Well, uh, next, then Dallas went right back down the the rabbit hole of uh, tossing the right kind of guys out the out the window here, uh, and yeah. selected uh, at round four, pick one thirty eight, Josh Ball, offensive tackle from Marshall. Um. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's any other way to put it. I, yeah. Let's just, let's just, you know, for those who are not aware who, 
uh, might listen to this podcast. Josh Ball was kicked out of Florida State for uh, 11 separate domestic violence incidents, all with the same person, but she reported Josh Ball for 11 separate incidents, if I'm uh, not mistaken. Um, Ended up going the JUCO route, then went back to Marshall to finish up his time in college. Uh, From everything I've heard, is a top 100 talent, but fell this far because of his uh, issues. So... uh, what do you guys have to say about this guy? Um, well, you know, it's really it's really interesting how things have changed since Garrett left. He was a real character guy, and it seems like we got we got our share of characters for sure in this draft. I mean, this guy, I don't know, man. This guy, this guy's a little scary. I a lot of a lot of talent. A lot of people who feel like he's almost starting left tackle type of talent, but uh, off the field is, is scary. Scary dude. Yeah, I, I mean, not, not only do you have the off the field, but apparently he's had issues with coaching staffs as well. Oh boy. Um, so uh, I, I don't know. That's just that's just what I read. Uh, yeah, Maybe all the rides he's taken that, that you know. <laughs> Surprise me, but right rage. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think the, I think the value there is fine. You know, over, overall, I don't have an issue with the, with the, uh, you know, the, the talent level, the player, the pick, the position, none, none of that. Uh, I, I think it's probably a fine thing. I think it's something that we needed to do, something that we needed to address. But uh, yikes! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Mega yikes. Yeah, um, you know, it's quite possible this guy ends up being our swing tackle this year. I I think he's got the talent uh, to to be that guy and beat out uh, Nitschke, who we signed in the offseason. Maybe we just end up, he comes into training camp and ends up, you know, outplaying him or being close enough to Nitschke that they say, well, we don't need to keep Nitschke around at his salary and instead just keep this fourth-round kid around. I can, I have to imagine he's definitely more talented than friggin' Terrence Steele Steel. is. Or uh, I was going to say, as long as Terrence Steele's not on yeah. our roster next year. Yeah. Or, <laughs> like, you know, or Brandon Knight. I mean, I, so I don't think there's a lot of uh, doubt in my mind that he's going to be better than both those guys immediately. And I think by the end of the season, easily could be – you know, our swing tackle type of player. Um, I just, uh, this makes me feel icky, I guess, really. Um, And I I heard a little snippet of like uh, the, the draft show on Cowboy on the Cowboys website, you know, interviewing him after he was picked. And one of the guys straight up asked him about his, uh, his past. And he basically, you know, said all the past is the past and I'm moving past that. It's like, uh, wrong answer. Sorry. That's, that's not what I want to hear from a guy who has extensive violence history. Um, I'd like to hear about what you're doing to better yourself as a human and, um, right, right. what a, what a mistake that you made. Uh, not, Oh, we're all moving past that. It's like, I don't think the, the person that you, uh, abused multiple times is moving past that. So, um, 
Yeah, yeah. You you don't get to just say, nah, I'm good. Yeah, you don't you don't have the option when you have that kind of history of not answering that question. That's just not okay to me. Um, so it, it, hey, maybe he ends up being a good player. I find it really hard to root for the guy personally as as just a fan, um, just of knowing who he is as a person. Uh, as far as the pick goes, I, I guess I'll give it a, a I'm, I'm somewhere between C plus B minus had I not had the background history, not been as bad. You you'd probably give this a B plus a minus, um, just for value, but, uh, I'll give it like a C plus, I guess. I'm going to give it a D. I don't, I don't like the character things and. Um, although I was being facetious about steroids, you know, that type of behavior is often associated with steroids. Steroids. Sure. uh, Sure. I mean, uh, you know, I don't know, man. I just, uh, we've got just in this draft alone, we've managed to pick up a number of characters. And they scare me. Yeah. Colter? I'm going to split the difference. I'll give it a B minus. Uh, again, I think uh, just the, the character concern is what uh, ultimately drops me to that. So. All right. So in the fifth round, uh, comp pick number 179, the Cowboys took Simi Fahoko, wide receiver from Stanford. Thoughts on this one, gentlemen. Go ahead, Colter. All right, I'll take it. Uh, this is my favorite pick. Okay. Um, not just because it's a wide receiver and it's sexy or whatever. Um, he is super interesting to me for a whole bunch of different reasons. Uh, with the success of the types of guys like him that we've seen in the NFL lately, uh, it, it's surprising that he wasn't more talked about. Uh, you know, this, this is a dude who is, he's a freak. He's a physical freak. He's six, four. He ran, I think like a four, three, nine or something like that. I mean, he's two twenty something. He's insane. I mean, his RAS scores are basically off the chart. Um, this, this guy's nuts. I, I'm going to read you guys this stat. It, uh, it's from ESP or NFL Next Gen Stats. It says, between 2005 and 2020, there have been six receivers in our data set that enter at a 90% or a 90-plus athleticism score, a 70-plus athleticism or a 70-plus production score, and weigh 220-plus pounds. Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones, Dante Moncrief, DK Metcalf, Miles Boykin, and Chase Claypool. Simi Fahoko is the seventh. Pretty decent set of guys to be put in with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I'm just surprised that he wasn't a little bit more hyped up. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's got type of speed that we don't really have on the roster. It's not like Amari yeah. Cooper's the fastest dude in the world. It's not like Michael Gallup. I mean, Gallup makes big plays, but he's not super fast. CD's not super fast. You know, he's quick, but 
I mean, I think Fajoko has a potential to be that deep threat kind of dude. Now, does he make the roster this year? I don't know. But I think I think he'll be fun to watch throughout throughout training camp and in the preseason. I'm 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 really interested to see what he does. Nice. Yeah, yeah um, I agree. I uh, you want to go ahead? No, go ahead. Finish up your thought, Dad. Yeah, I. I've heard just what I've heard the last day or so has been pretty positive. A lot of positive, a lot of good things to say, not only about his football talent, but him as an individual. So mm-hmm. at this point, I think that's based on everything we know about him. I think that's a pretty good pick. Good deal. Like yeah. I'm going to give him a grade right now. I'll give him a B plus. There you go. There. I like it. Um, yeah, I, I think this is a good pick. Um, I know that he had kind of been on, uh, Kuiper's like best available for a while there. Uh, wasn't like the top guy, but I think he was hovering right around the middle there, like four or five or so. Um, yeah, it, it, you know, like you said, Coulter, it, another interesting stat for him is I think, I think he was his junior. He, he averaged over 20 yards of reception. So, I mean, he's obviously got deep threat skills um and remind you know his skill set reminds me a lot of like you said the dk metcalf chase claypool style of player um big guy can run really well in a straight line can get down the field and just you know take the top off a of defense and sure no he's probably not as talented as claypool or dk but um or Julio Jones or Calvin right, Johnson, right? No, but that, I I, th- I think that anytime you you have a guy with that kind of physical skill set, like to take a chance on him with the 179th pick, I'm there all day. Yeah, absolutely, I'm there. Um, and I think he's he's probably a better. Is he a, as refined as like Cedric Wilson is right now? Mm, probably not. Um, well, Cedric Wilson's also been in the league what four or five years. Exactly, now? exactly. But so yeah. I think he. You know, like you said, Coulter, maybe you stash him on the practice squad this year, but next year I think he's he beats out Wilson uh, and Noah Brown easily, and maybe does he turn into your Michael Gallup like replacement after Gallup leaves? Maybe I don't know. Is that out of the outside of the realm of possibilities? I don't think so. Uh, you know. You know, you've already got Amari and CD locked up, so who knows? Maybe. Uh, He's just super intriguing. Yeah. Uh, I, I wonder I wonder if maybe the Cowboys are thinking that uh, they take a look at him, and if he's good as they could hope he is, then that gives them freedom to deal Michael Gallup and replace him uh, with this guy. I don't, I don't know, but... I mean, they, I don't see much of a way that they're going to sign him to an extension. I mean, they've, they've let Noah Brown cling to the roster for, what, five years? I know. Far too long. Yeah. And, yeah he, and, and he hasn't done much. He, and he basically got, like, a, a friggin' redshirt year for doing nothing. Like, everybody was like, oh, yeah, well, Noah Brown's going to make the roster. And I, I, I was going, why? Like, why is that a foregone conclusion? <laughs> like. Yeah. 
They like the way he blocks. I am so sick of that notion that you need a wide receiver that can block. I, that is such a, a 1990s concept. Every receiver should be able to block. It shouldn't be you need a receiver. that Every receiver should be able to block. And, yeah. But you, you, you don't even need a receiver to block. You just need a receiver to get in the way. Like, boy, really, that's almost as effective as blocking. Yeah, like, if you're drafting... if well, you you're, shouldn't be running the ball much anyway, so... Yeah, like, if your sole reason to take a receiver is blocking, you're not a good receiver. Like, I remember Terrence Williams towards the end of his career is like, oh, well, he's such a good blocker. It's like, who cares? Like, that's not his job. Yeah. Yeah, he lets, he lets balls ricochet off his chest and get intercepted all the time, but, oh, you can block. Who, who freaking cares? Anyway, I will give this pick a B. Um, like you said, Holder, interesting, uh, interesting player. I'm going to give it an A minus. All right. Well, then, um, with the 192nd pick, the Cowboys selected Quentin Bohanna, defensive tackle, Kentucky. Big boy, space here. Run stuffer. We finally got a fat guy. Yeah. Yeah. Woo. Um, I, I'll take this one. This is my second favorite pick in the draft. We've needed a guy. Me too. Like, yeah. Like I think we've needed a guy like this for far too long. I think Antron Woods again, like uh, Noah Brown, has been clinging to this roster for too long of a period of time. He's an inferior talent that is only on the roster because there's nobody better. Uh, and honestly, I don't, I don't think, uh, it would take a lot for a guy like Bohanna to beat out Antoine Woods. I hope he does. Uh, cause also I don't, I'm not a big fan of Antoine's, um, he sure seems to think a lot of himself for being a player that's marginal at best. Um, I'm yeah. So I think Bohanna is a good player. I think we've needed a one technique like this for a while. Um, our run defense was pathetic last year and like, I still have like dreams of Orlando Brown, like yelling into the camera too easy after the Ravens were running 300 yards up on Dallas. And it's like, you know, you, you need to rectify that situation. Um, it should not be that easy to run the ball on a a defense in the NFL. I think Bohanna will help that. Uh, I, I'm a fan of the pick. I, uh, he's also my second favorite pick. Uh, I don't have high hopes for it. Uh, you know, I, I kind of doubt he makes the roster. I hope he does because uh, I don't think there's a lot there to beat out. Uh, you know, he obviously has to deal with uh, Adigazua. Uh, he has to deal with Gallimore and Hill and Woods. I, I'm with yeah. I think he can beat out Woods. Uh I'm not. I'm not sure that Hill is all that much of a threat. Although he was playing better until he got hurt last year. Uh, but I love it. Finally, a big fat guy. Mm. Uh, I ho- I hope he plays well. I hope he makes the team, and I hope. I just. I hope. Yeah. That, what more can I say about Bohanna other than he's a big fat guy, and I hope I hope he's on the damn team for six, yeah. 17 games next year. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it's, number one, by the way. Yeah, there you go. Big fan of that idea. <laughs> um, you know, it, and especially with these big guys, one, they're, they're not valued that highly in the NFL, so you can still get good quality nose tackles like here. 
Now, I don't know if it was necessarily some huge steal, but I think it's a, it's a good value here. And getting these guys early in their career is key because they just break down so fast because they're so big. Like you saw it last year with Don Terry Poe. He was useless. Like, and just because he'd he'd spent so much time in the NFL in the trenches, just getting beat up at that size. There's just, you know, so getting these guys while they're young is a good idea, I think. So I, I, like you said, Walter, I hope for the best for him. Um, I hope that the the coaching staff in the front office doesn't um, push him to the side, even though he's a superior player, because they uh, have more invested in some other guys. So I am hopeful. Anything else uh, from you at all, Dad, on this one? No, no, I'm with you guys there. I'm, I'm pulling for the kid. Uh, all right. He's a wide body. We've needed a wide body forever. I don't know that he's going to make the team, though. Um, I, I hope he does. Uh, if he's not good enough to beat out Antoine Woods, then he's not good enough to beat out Antoine Woods. Yeah. And he shouldn't be on the team. So I, I hope he. I hope he does it. I, I'm going to give him a. I'm going to give him a. a, a, a so let's give him a, a B. B minus. Good deal. Uh, I'm going to give him a B plus big B plus for big Bohanna. <laughs> there you go. Big fan. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give it a B plus too. All right. Good deal. Interesting that McCarthy went to Kentucky's pro day and we ended up with two of their defenders. But anyway, uh, Round six, comp pick number 227. The Cowboys selected Israel Mukwamu, cornerback from South Carolina. Isn't this the cat that they want to play safety? Yes, it is. He's 6'4", too, isn't he? Yes, he is. And we had that cat that was 6'5", that they tried to move to safety. That didn't work out so good. Yeah. Remember Pat Watkins? (laughs) Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very well. Sounds a lot like yeah. Pat Watkins. That guy yeah. could not track the ball to save his life. Um, honestly, guys, like when I watch tape of this guy, I think he's a better player than Nashawn Wright is. I, I think he's got better ball skills, and I think he moves better. Um, what, if we decide to convert him to safety, fine. I think it's silly that we're still, after a decade of this crap, still talking about um, the the safety thing. Like, come on, we're taking a converted corner and moving him to safety in the sixth round. Matt, I I hate to uh, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but we're approaching two decades yes. now. Yes. I was gonna, I was just gonna say decades. Shit, it's been longer than that. Yeah, because we drafted Roy Williams in two thousand two, and he was good for what three four years. Yeah, until like, the game changed. Really Sad. There was Ken Hamlin there for a little bit. He was good for a minute. Well, Sensabaugh was decent for a couple of years, but I, I don't mean, years, yeah. what was what was the last time he had one really good, solid, reliable safety for more than two years at a time? Yeah. Or two just decent safeties. Yeah, we haven't. 
Yeah. Like Barry, Barry Church was like okay. Yeah, he was, I think, solid. I think you could give Barry Church his due. He, he got a second contract with us, but. He was my boy. <laughs> I was a Barry Church stand from day one. Do you guys see that Jeff Heath got released? Did he really? I feel shocked. <laughs> oh, man. Bring him home. Bring him back. <laughs> no. I would bring him home. He's going to be the fastest guy on the team again. Well, they drafted Morin, so it's not like that's a shock. I yeah. mean, come on. I think they also took a second safety. But I don't know. I, I don't know a lot about this guy getting back to Mukuamu. I mean, again, like based off of what I saw, I liked him better than Wright. So we'll see. Um, again, I think more more so for me is just the continued uh, reluctance to invest in the safety position. And Stephen Jones made a comment almost like jokingly like, Oh, that poor safety position. We just uh, didn't, you know, get to it again. And it's like, nobody's laughing anymore. This is not funny. Your fan base is not that stupid. It's not funny. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. Could have, could have moved up two spots and got Derwin James, but instead we got Leighton Vanderesh. Yeah. Well, you could have moved up one spot and taken Trayvon Morrick, you know, so, or, you know, trade up a little, you know, again, like you, if you end up with Sertan or Horn at 10, do you then take one of these third round picks who are all kind of reaches, package them up to maybe go get Javon Holland or Richie Grant or Morrig? Yeah. I think it's a lot more likely. Yeah. Um, so... I, I don't know. Mukuamu, I'll I'll give it a like B minus, I guess, because um, I did I did think he had some interesting and pretty decent ball skills from the tape I watched of him. So uh, why not? I give it a C. It's a B from me. It's a defensive back. I'll take all I can get. Sure. Yeah, I suppose. All right, then your seventh round pick. Number 238, the Cowboys selected Matt Farniok, guard from Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anything about this guy. I mean. Team captain for two years. Okay. Well, there you go. That's a I good thing. Back to those RKGs. Yeah. Yeah. Generally, the seventh round is reserved for guys that you don't want to have to uh, – you know, PFA. yeah, you don't have to want to have to deal with in free agency. So, yeah, uh, if you get, you know, uh, I don't mind the idea behind it. I guess without knowing too much about him, um, having a an offensive lineman position flexibility who can play along uh, multiple spots on the offensive line, that's fine with me. Uh, I was going to say all that I really know about him is that he can kind of play either guard spot or center. Yeah, so. And with our injury problems on the offensive line lately, whatever's clever, man. Yeah. I mean, shit, Terrence Steele started how many games for us last year? Far too many. Yeah. So I'll I'll take whatever I can get. Yeah. It's fine with me. B. Sure. I'll give it a B as well. Yeah. I would give it a B as well. I, I, uh... Big 10 offensive linemen are nasty. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I think the only thing I would say here is maybe put a couple guys that potentially I personally would have preferred. 
uh, our Darius Washington, the safety from TCU, or Marvin Wilson, the D-tackle from Florida State. Both ended up being undrafted. I kind of liked both of those guys. Uh, I know Marvin Wilson got a big contract, actually, from Cleveland. Uh, big signing bonus. So, But, you know, again, like you said, interior offensive lineman, Big Ten, you know, not a huge, huge issue here. Uh, any any guys that you were kind of maybe keeping your eye on that you were hoping Dallas might grab here? Not really that late, no. Other than Washington, I was really surprised he didn't get drafted. Me too. Did you, Coulter, did you see that the Rams took a kid from Concordia? Is it like Concordia College, Minnesota, though? Oh, it says Concordia, St. Paul. Yeah. yeah, that's a different Concordia. Oh, my bad. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> There's like five Concordias. Oh, well, that's news to me. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Cordia, Coulter went to uh, Concordia. Can you specify which Concordia then? In Moorhead, Minnesota, okay. on the border of the glorious state of North Dakota. There you go. Uh, there you go. Well, um... Any last-minute thoughts on uh, anything here, guys, uh, draft-wise? No, I guess we should probably give it a, uh, a grade for the overall yeah, draft. Yeah, we got to do a grade for the overall draft and then give us your final thoughts on it before we head out. Go ahead, Colton. Damn Broncos. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of that's kind of my thoughts. Um, I've, I've made every everything else pretty much clear. Um, failure to address the safety position uh, again. Um, you know, don't like don't like the value at linebacker again. I've made that pretty plain. But uh, yeah, uh, I think overall I'm, I'm gonna I, I don't like those reaches in the third round. I think all those picks are reaches. Overall, with uh, Adigizua, I'm. I'm okay with that one the other two I feel like were bigger reaches um I just uh I think overall I'm gonna give it a, a C minus and uh yeah that's that's where I'm happy okay Deb okay. all right um I'm like you I, I was in fact I, I I believe I said something like fuck you Denver um <laughs> We were watching the draft, so uh, uh, fuck you, Denver. And uh, uh, I, uh, you know, I'm okay. I was a little disappointed what we did in the third round. Um, I just didn't think we got much value in the third round, and it's like I kind of felt like we do that every year, so I don't know that this year was any worse than any other year. Um, I, I'm going to give it, I think I'm going to give it a C plus overall. Um, I guess that's where I am. Okay. Um, I, man, this, this is such a what if draft for me. I know I've said it already, but man, uh, Taking a corner, I think the if you are anywhere interested in the uh, uh, mock draft simulators that you know Coulter and I have done in the past on some of these episodes, 
taking a corner in that first round opened up the draft a lot for you. Oh yeah. Um, just in terms of uh, where where the positions were most valuable in each round, getting that corner up at the top really opened up the rest of the draft. So after that didn't happen, I kind of feel like Dallas had no choice but to chase their tails a little bit um, by no fault of their own. I th- Honestly, I feel like sometimes with the draft, it's better to be lucky than good. You know, in 2020, we just got lucky. Like there's no reason CD Lamb should have been there when we went on the clock at 17, but he was. And then look at what happened the rest of the way. Guys were just falling and fell and fell and just right into our laps almost in every round and undoubtedly but you can still do better than what we did there's no excuse for that third round yes i completely agree no no for sure yes i and i think that's fair um and i think that that could be attributed slightly to the uh chasing that i've mentioned a little bit because we're just we were just looking for uh certain positions that probably uh, did shouldn't have had the value that they needed to um, because it just wasn't there. So we felt like we needed to take it anyway. But I do agree with you, Coulter, that um, we could have done better. But given the circumstances, I do think that they made some good picks, if not risky picks, um, that had the potential to be uh, solid players for this team. And I think one last thing I'll say about this, and this was a quote from Stephen Jones directly. And the, one of the main reasons we didn't trade around was because of the salary cap, which is a myth. I will say again, uh, Dallas wanted to have as many cheap options as possible to fill out their roster now, if that means we're able to get more rookies on the field to replace some of these guys that I think have been around for too long, I'm all for that. If guys like Odigizua and Golston and Fahoko and uh, Bohana get on the field because they are close to the same player as more expensive guys that we've got, I'm all for it. That's fine. Um, so that is one thing that might help me realize you know help me with the fact that maybe we have more rookies make this team than we think um so i will give the draft a b minus and just mourn the fact that denver just absolutely screwed us so uh we gotta return the favor next year somehow well if we wanted to return the favor we might have to trade in front of him in the top five so (laughs) Yeah, we ought to do that to get to safety, right? Unless they get Aaron Rodgers. Unless they get Aaron Rodgers. In which case, Green Bay will be picking in the top five. Yeah, Yeah, Green Bay just reminds me of a team that would absolutely implode without Rodgers, you know. Um, All right, guys. Anything else that you'd like to say? No. Damn Broncos. Damn Broncos. I, I think that's kind of the main main sticking point of this podcast. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, okay. it's been fun. What do we always say? Go Cowboys. Go Cowboys. Go Cowboys. Fuck the Broncos.